These are the funniest people I know. These are the funniest people I know. Said improv, riffing, callers, and sketches. Characters and interviews, and then some more sketches. Now these are the funniest people you know. Now these are the funniest people you know. Now these are the funniest. These are the funniest. These are the funniest. These are the funniest people I know. Hello, world, and welcome to the Funniest People I Know podcast and radio show. I'm George Kaloris, and here with me today are some of my favorite funny people. On the line, we have Alexandria Sweat. How are you doing, Alex? Hey, hey, everyone. I'm doing all right. Real quick, I don't want to bring down the mood, but I do want to take a second to acknowledge the passing of Rayshard Brooks and the police shooting. There's still a lot of craziness going on right now, and getting through all of this is not easy for all of us, but been trying to focus on being good and being positive in order to move forward in a positive way for the change that we need to see. And a funny thing that happened to me today, I took my cat to the groomers. I got her shaved. Never done that before. We'll never do it again. She looks like one of those scary bald cats. And I want my Taraji back. <laughs> well, thank you, Alex. Looking real fashionable in some UV glasses and new blonde hair and shoes on his hands. We got TJ Jackson. What's going on, TJ? It's going swell. I'm so glad to see everyone's bright and shiny faces. Why do you sound like you're saying that under duress? Because I am. (laughs) (laughs) I have a gun to my head right now. I'm forced to be here. I'm glad you made it on here regardless, TJ. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) And if that's not the worst introduction ever, on the show this week for the first time is the very funny actress and my dear friend, Sorrel Sanders. How are you doing, Sorrel? I feel awkward now, George. (laughs) I would have liked to have gone before TJ. Anyway, thanks for having me. It's great to see you guys. I love y'all. You always make me laugh and appreciate that. And it's been a pretty good day today. I can echo what Alexandria said and that I've been feeling a lot of pain with all the awful, awful stuff going on and the pain that is in the world. But today I've been able to focus on some joy, trying to show up in love because I think that's the main thing that's going to make a difference right now and help heal. So Yeah, just glad to be here. Looking forward to laughing some more with you guys. Thank you for being on the show with us this week. Sorrel is one of the funniest people I know. She's also one of the busiest people I know. She's always working on something. Every time I talk to you, Sorrel, you're working on a different project as a producer, an actor. You're on stage, TV, film. You do improv. You've done sketch comedy with me and TJ as a feature player on the Nonviolet Offenders. You have a web series coming up soon that you won't tell me any details about. You made me book you today a month in advance because you are literally the busiest person I know, even during a pandemic. So thank you for making time for us. Thank you. I appreciate it. What's the funniest thing that happened to you this week? I got a co-starring role in a web series, and the makeup artist they hired was more interested in filming her own little video blog. What's it? There's a word for it. The vlog. Vlogging. Vlogging. She's doing my makeup, and in the middle of it, she just stops and drops down and starts twerking. And I'm like, what is happening right now? And then she's looking back at her camera, and I realize it's for her video blog. She catches my face like, what is happening? And she's like, oh, sorry, sorry, that's for my blog. And I'm like, no, that's okay. You know, I don't want to 
deprive your viewers, so do whatever you need to. And she's like, oh, okay. So then she puts her hands on my knees and then starts twerking to the camera. And I'm just like, <laughs> I feel like when you're at a strip club or something and you're the person in the chair, the customer, so it was kind of like that. But I didn't ask for it. <laughs> was your makeup artist's name Michelle by any chance? I'm not going to tell who she is. But then again, if you go to her YouTube, that's most of her videos, I've noticed. Her YouTube is surprised twerking on people, like unexpectedly? No, she usually <laughs> twerks by herself. She just happened to do it on me that day a little. DJ, that should be your thing. You should start doing a yeah. series of you randomly twerking on people, like in line or yeah. at the dentist. Yeah. You want to go to jail at all for that, I'm sure. <laughs> Not if it's for TV. As long as you say it's a vlog, you'll be fine. Oh, I'm no, no, officer, it's okay. It's for my vlog. She'd just do it throughout the day, too. She'd come into the costume room where I'm with the stylist and costume designer, and then she'd set up her camera for herself and just start doing it. She was in there once and just did it for herself in front of the mirror. I'm getting ready to go on set, but she's in there to use the mirror to perfect her. <laughs> I can't tell if I'm intrigued by her multitasking or if I'm like, this chick is tacky boobs. Maybe it's a condition. Maybe she has twerking Tourette. That's what I was thinking too, George. That's a medical condition. That's what it sounds like. It sounds like Tourette. (laughs) You should have one of those cards like the Joker did. Like, sorry, I have a condition where I accidentally twerk on people. I love it. It would be called the twerker. (laughs) Alex, before we get into this week's topic, you've got some beef with some one-hit wonder. (laughs) I do have a little bit of a beef forming right now with the country band formerly known as Lady Annabellum. Earlier this week, they announced that they were changing their name from Lady Annabellum to Lady A. This change came in light of all the recent changes that we're seeing a lot of brands doing now that Black Lives Matter is technically hashtag on brand for a company to feel comfortable saying with a lot of other companies and bands and groups are falling in line. So this was Lady Annabellum's effort to go ahead and fall in line and try to be woke. My personal beef with this is because my senior year of high school, my best friend and I and a couple of other my friends became rappers. And my rap name was Lady A. So for all of 2004, 2005, and 2006, I was known as Lady A to at least 30 people. <laughs> that was a very important name that I didn't trademark at the time when I should. There is now a jazz singer in Seattle, the blues singer by the name of Anita White, who has been performing under the name Lady A for nearly two decades. She was interviewed by Rolling Stones recently, and this is too much right now, seeing the country band. I don't even know, can I call them Lady A? It doesn't feel right since they're just out here killing this. Don't acknowledge it. I'm not going to give them this energy right now. I'm not going to empower this movement to steal this name from musicians across the country. Many people have called Lady Annabellum's move to change their name as a performative wokeness. And even the jazz singer Lady A said she felt like this was too much right now. And she felt like some of these things were tone deaf. Like you said, they're like a one-hit wonder. Even though that was kind of a good song. I'm not going to lie. 
I want them to do their research. I want them to check things. They didn't check things when they named themselves Lady Annabellum, and they didn't realize what the meaning of Annabellum was. Now they're changing their name to Lady A, and they don't know that they've stolen it from me and my 30 followers and Miss Lady A (laughs) in Seattle and her probably group of much larger fans and followers than I have. So I just want them to do the work. They're going to walk this walk of justice and civil rights. Take it seriously. Do your research. Really wake up. We all know what the A stands for. If they wanted to make a statement, be lady reconstruction. Right. Lady feminist or something. Like, y'all lame. (laughs) Alex, I think you should write them a cease and desist. (laughs) Yes. From your Gmail account. you the words will you write it out for me whatever i find online that's what you're going to get lady I'm not a has been on this show she has rapped on this show i'm just saying that is an existing entity and they can't be using that entity's name you should send them a season of this and a copy of that episode thank you george exactly you know you're one of my 30 fans who stand strong and has heard the material has heard the hard work that I have done, heard me drop my hot fire and the bars that I have. Nobody needs you now, Lady <laughs> Annabella. <laughs> oh, that's their song. I see what you did there. That's uh-huh. fun. Thanks, Katie. Something that a lot of people are needing these days is a little bit of fun <laughs> at home. Everybody's been alone uh-huh. for a while. And we're starting to ease restrictions. And several public health departments have released guidelines for safe sex during COVID. I thought it'd be important that we share this information with the audience. And maybe some people in the room right now who could hear this, TJ. (laughs) According to several state health advisories, I have some tips here for safe sex during pandemic. Number one is you are your safest sexual partner. Just make sure to wash your hands. Gosh. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's always a good tip. But now that people are trying to not just be their own sexual partners and they're looking for somebody to have some fun with, the next safest partner is somebody who lives with you, like a significant other or a roommate. <laughs> We're going to help wants us to hook up with our roommates. Like yeah. pets? No, TJ. Jesus. And probably not oh. family. Red beings that live with you. TJ, I'm concerned. Please tell me you don't no. have pets. Okay, great. My landlord won't let me have one. It's for good reason. No, I just worry about other people. Not pets or family members, but your roommate is highly encouraged to engage in a sexual relationship. You are instructed to avoid having sex with somebody with COVID symptoms, as sexy as it is getting freaky with people with coughs and fevers. Yeah, you know, they get that sexy, raspy voice when they have a cold. Yeah, that Vicks Vapor Rub. Like Phoebe when she got sick on French. Drinking yeah. some tea, uh. looking all sexy. This is really important. They make a point of pointing this out. Avoid orgies. The more people you're having sex with at one time, the more likely you are to expose yourself to COVID. But if you do yeah. find yourself having group sex, they make sure it's in a large, well-ventilated space. Like outdoors oh. at a public park or a playground. <laughs> what if you use protection, though? It doesn't protect you from breathing on each other, TJ. But so if you both you wear a mask. Yeah, oh. so in the orgy, you could wear masks, avoid sure. kissing, okay. and they suggest bring your own hand sanitizer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sanitizing lube. 
We should make <laughs> that. that. That's a million up. dollar idea right there. It yeah. is. <laughs> <laughs> is it Pharrell, a natural lubricant? I, I don't, I don't I know. know. Ladies or dudes, it would burn, I think. Yeah, I don't think it would be pleasant in the slightest. Well, you let us know, TJ. You try it out. Next week, TJ will report back on <laughs> if you can use Pharrell <laughs> for that. Yes. So, TJ, according to the Department of Health, if you're into online hookups or okay. if you're a sex worker, you oh. should try video dating, sexting, <laughs> sexy Zoom parties, exact quote, no. or starting an OnlyFans page. Oh. Yeah. It's, yeah. I thought that's some good advice. I'll get on there with my Jarell and face mask. During sex. <laughs> Avoid kissing or other oral activities, wear a mask, and again, I'm quoting here, make it kinky. Be creative with physical barriers like walls that allow contact without face-to-face contact. I guess they are saying use glory holes. Yes. No. No. Finally, a reason to use glory holes. Glory holes are a public health savior. I love how TJ's nodding when you're reading all this, like, yep, know that already. No surprise on TJ. Every kinky thing (laughs) you read. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. I just love how they said, get creative with it. Use a wall. (laughs) 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 To recap, self-pleasure is safest. Hook up with your Mm -hmm. roommate. Have group sex outdoors. Wear a mask. Use glory holes. And wash your hands. And that... Is sex and during a pandemic. Possible Pharrell <laughs> as corn lube. I'm so yeah. worried about that. That's like the Pharrell's president telling people to drink bleach. Do not use Purell for that until TJ tests it out. I'll report back. I'll let everyone know. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, TJ. <laughs> no problem. All right. Moving on to some other crazy hookups. Alexandria, <laughs> you brought up a TLC series called 90 Day Fiance. You and Debbie Rigaud got all into it, and we're talking about this crazy show. So we all watched 90 Day Fiance on TLC. Do you want to tell us a little bit about the show? My heavens, yes. 90 Day Fiance. One of many of a series in the 90 Day Fiance franchise that is on TLC. I just watched season four, and based on what I was able to gather... This show takes place before the couples are to get married. They have been dating online, one person in the couple being from the United States, another person in the couple being from another country. The season I watched, you had Ed and Rosemary, Erica and Stephanie, Usman, Soja Boy, Umar and Lisa, (laughs) David and Lana, Avery, and Ash, Jeffrey, and Varia. Oh, and Yolanda and her sweet Williams, Darcy, and Tom. There are a lot of couples on this show just to begin with. I want you all to know it's a hot mess that I could not stop watching. It is a very slow train wreck. It takes its sweet-ass time to get to the point, and I can't stop watching it, and I hate every minute of it. Oh, uh, no. Sorry, you guys watched it, too. What did y'all think? 
I thought it was a really interesting premise how they had them all start off in the pod chatting through the wall in the beginning. And they all got to fly to Cancun, which is fun. And then they all got to come back here in the last part. And they all stayed in that apartment building across from actually where I live. And I think two got married, which is kind of crazy considering there were 10 couples or so. I literally have no idea what you're talking about. I'm talking about 98 Fiance. That no, doesn't resemble I anything I watch. You either had a bad dream or you watched The Circle on Netflix. Sorrel, is that at all what you saw? That's not what no. I No. You mentioned Hulu, so I went there and I watched 90 Day Fiance, two different ones. I think I watched season one. I watched one full episode, I'm ashamed to say. The first one I watched was just drama, just trashy, trashy drama. And I was like, I'm not watching this. Sorry, I turned it off. And then, George, you'd mentioned that there were several different others. So I found another one. And these were more people who had really dated online with people abroad. And they really liked each other. I could tell it wasn't for green cards for any of these. They really just Mm -hmm. liked each other. One was a couple where this gorgeous girl from Peru, no, Brazil. She was Portuguese, gorgeous. You saw that one? Yeah, and it was kind of, that was the one I watched all the way through. I think she was just so cute and sweet, and I started to watch the second one after that. But I don't see myself watching more of this. I hate reality shows in general. (laughs) The world is so horrible already. Generally, I need either a really dramatic show where I'm getting to therapeutically cry along with it, or I need something uplifting and fun and hopeful. I'm with you. And this is sad in a pathetic way. I cried at the end. It was very heartwarming. You cried at the show Love is Blind. (laughs) What? Wait, DJ, did you watch the wrong show? (laughs) I don't know. No, this was not the fiancé because they were together for 90 days before they became fiancés, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. Reality show, love competitions, all the same. Would you guys ever do a reality show? No. Especially not something like this where you're exposing something so personal and something that could be so embarrassing. Maybe going on a Project Runway or an American Idol or Top Chef if I had any talent whatsoever, but Uh certainly not one where it's like, follow my relationship to find out if I'm being catfished or I'm really in love with this Italian supermodel. I wouldn't even tell that story to my friends until I knew for sure if I was going to be made a fool of. On the season that I watched of Before 90 Days, I feel like it was a lot of Americans that seemed like they hadn't dealt with a lot of issues from past relationship hurt. I was baffled that some of the Americans didn't research the countries we're going to be traveling to and how rude they came off. An American did that? Weird. Didn't do their research. On, On my show, like, Ed asked Rose to shave her legs. He told her that her breath stunk and gave her a toothbrush and a toothpaste. Come to find out she had an ulcer. It just like complete jerk. And Lisa wanting to take over Soulja Boy's career. I watch reality shows sometimes to feel slightly better about myself. Like, you know what? Like, maybe I am heading in the right direction. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I actually worked on production as an AD and also producer coordinator on some reality shows. And they were one of my favorite jobs to work because it's small, intimate crews and you're traveling. And it's interesting to meet these people. But I've never really gotten into watching them. And I remember when they first started with MTV Real World, I actually got a call to audition for one. And I was like, no, 
I had a producer in New York say he wanted to talk to me. He's like, you're so interesting. I just want to follow you with a camera. I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I don't want to be an animal at the zoo for you to gawk at. I got hit up to be on a dating reality show as well. Someone from Los Angeles casting company contacted me on Facebook of all places and was like, hey, cast for Love is Blind. Do you want to be on this show? And I'm like, well, I'm gay. And they're like, oh, sorry, never mind. I and they're like, watch the hell out of you on a daily I show. I would still watch Thank the hell out of you on a. I, now you might get me into reality TV. Yeah, <laughs> I think I could do well on Keep Up with the Kardashians or something. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Have you guys ever had this happen in your life where? You fall for somebody long distance or you met online or whatever before you really got to know them? Oh, no. <laughs> Years ago, I was on a trip to L.A. visiting some friends. I met a friend of a friend, and we instantly hit it off. It was one of those really great one-time hangout nights. And then we stayed in touch nonstop for weeks. We'd call each other, text every night before bed. I sent flowers. We exchanged sweet nothings. And we totally thought we were in love with each other, right? And it became kind of intense. Then I planned to go to see her in LA, save up some money. I buy a ticket, take off work. I'm going there. It's like this big deal that I'm going to go and stay with her. And we're on the phone as I'm coming through the terminal. And she's like, oh, my God, I'm so excited to see you. And she starts doing countdown. I'm going to see you in 10, 9, 8. And then right as I get to her car and I'm opening the door, she's like, 3, 2, 1. And I get in the car. And like that, in an instant, we knew there was zero chemistry. We had made it all up in our head. We're totally not in love with each other. And it is the most awkward week of my life. We ended up avoiding each other. I hung out with her roommates the whole time. That's what I was worried about the whole time I was watching this. I'm like, I've been there. You think it's a thing. And then you see each other and you're like, I'm in love with the idea of having a boyfriend. Yeah. Now that has happened where I met them instantly, the chemistry. My sister and I were flying back from Washington state to Georgia and we met Marines or Army something on the flight. And we started drinking with them and the flight was delayed and all this stuff. We ended up staying with them in their hotel, and the guy and I that had hit it off stayed in the hotel room, and the rest went to get more drinks. He and I just made out. So we talked every night after that. We're text- And then all of a sudden, he texts me a picture of him and his Army buddies, and he's got his arm over him like this. And what do I see? But a nice little gold band there. Oh, my God. I immediately called him out, obviously, and he went, no. Oh, like, freaked I'm so sorry. We're actually separated and all this bullshit. And then he went what? off to Afghanistan where he was on a dangerous mission. And I never heard from him again. Oh, my God. And so I really don't know if he died or it was just, oh the, like, God. confusing. Please call us. Yeah. <laughs> you made out with Sorrel while you were married that one time, and you're okay. Let us know with emailing us at funny people I know. You're a redhead from Washington, and you're hot. And the carpets do match the drapes, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yes. This has taken such a strange turn. <laughs> this is what happens when you watch the Learning Channel. Exactly. We're going to move on to our versus battle for the week. 
Sorrel, this has been a fun thing we've been doing for several weeks. Each week we pick two musicians and we battle it out hit for hit to see who wins. Last week was Rihanna versus Beyonce, one of our most epic battles. It ended in a tie. This week on the real Instagram versus battle, it's John Legend versus Alicia Keys. Who do you guys think will win between John Legend and Alicia Keys? Alicia. Aretha Franklin? Yes. (laughs) <laughs> you guys have to remind me to tell you my theory about Alicia Keys after we stop recording because I want to have a career eventually someday. But I'm a John Legend, but I also feel like this is going to be the sleepiest verses of them all. They are beautiful musicians in their own right. I have been super fans of both Alicia and John, but between those two grand pianos and all that wailing and whining, I'm already exhausted. I was exhausted when it was announced. Producer Jane picked for us this week, and in the same vein, coincidentally, (laughs) she also picked two singers and pianists. So for us this week, Jane is going for some throwback hits. She picked Elton John versus Billy Joel. And Alex, you're standing for Elton, and I'll be standing for Billy Joel. How do you feel about these picks? Shout out to our producer, Jane, for the challenge this week. Um, I am just going to say that um, I hope that I make Elton John fans proud. I think that I have a good sonic ear. I played to the judges again this week. I'm excited to see how this battle goes down. What about you, George? I like Billy Joel, but I really love Elton John. So this was a tough battle to prepare for because it's like, I like this guy, but I'm going up against one of the greats. So I hope I do Billy Joel Mm -hmm. fans proud. And I hope that we don't have what you're going to have with Alicia Keys versus John Legend, which is a sleepy piano battle. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Do you want to go first or second this week, Alex? Can we flip the shoe? I'm going to flip a okay. shoe. I like that. TJ's going to yeah. flip the shoe. Alex, you call it in the air, whether it's soul or hole, ah. call it. <laughs> I think it's the trunk in the head. I have no idea. Okay. You call I'm it? I'm calling uh, hole. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Alex called holes. Flip it, TJ. All right. Hole Yeah. You get to go first. Okay, yes. I got Elton John, as you guys heard, our first category, first hit. I'm new to this lane, so I'm becoming an Elton Johnite. That's what we're going to name his fans today, the Johnites. Sure. <laughs> Me and, and my fellow Johnites fell in love with Elton back in 1969 when he released his first album called Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. Then he followed up with a second album. That one was called Elton John in 1970. And that's where he gave you his first hit by the name of Your Song. I present to you Your Song by Elton John. And you can tell everybody this is your song. It may be quite simple, but now that it's done. I hope you don't mind, I hope you don't mind That I put you down in words How wonderful life is While you're in the world Oh, that's in that movie that they sing. Um, what is it? Moulin Rouge. Yes, yes. yes. I like Ewan McGregor's version better, period. 
Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> that's a great song. That is one of my favorite songs ever. Mm-hmm. So that's a, you're coming at me really hard from the beginning. Billy Joel starts really strong. His first song instantly goes to number one, remains his most legendary song. I would pick it as his legend song if it wasn't his debut. It's an autobiographical song about his experiences as the piano man at a bar. It's 1973's Piano Man. La, 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 la. La La Diddy Da, that is a hit. (laughs) I would die happy if I never hear that song. (laughs) I'm sorry. Overplayed. So you know where my vote is going. Okay, all right. So, Sorrel, you're going with Elton. What about you, TJ? Elton John or Billy Joel on that one? Oh, my gosh. I've heard that Billy Joel song in so many bars and pubs out of tune by a bunch of Mm -mm. drunk crack guys. Oh, I don't know. Mm -hmm. We heard Nicole Kidman sing your song out of tune on Moulin Rouge. So she swung from a chandelier like Sia. Oh, gosh. (laughs) I'd have to go with Nicole Kidman on this one. Yeah. Okay, so Elton wins that round. Okay, sorry for playing the most legendary song ever, but you're like, oh, it's overrated. It's so brilliant. I hear it too much. (laughs) No, George. No, George. (laughs) (laughs) All right, moving on. Round two. Jane picked the category for round two. The category for round two is most political. What's Elton John's most political hit? I was a little nervous with this, and I had to dig deep and do my research. But in 1984, around the time of the Cold War, Elton John released a song from his album called Breaking Hearts. And there was a line in this song that really stuck out to me because I felt like it was really relevant to a lot of what we're seeing and experiencing right now. And that particular lyric was searching for something that just ain't there. So I want to present to you guys a song by Elton John titled Restless. I've listened to yes. a lot of Elton John. I've literally never heard that song before in my life. Me neither. I have I, not heard that song either. Me neither. I think I got you here because I got a really great one. In 1989, okay. Billy Joel released this song. It is my favorite Billy Joel song. I was, at the time, simultaneously obsessed with this and the Little Mermaid soundtrack. The song is We Didn't Start the Fire. Lawrence of Arabia,
He's just chanting headlines from the last hundred years. So political. Huge what? in the late 80s. What? He literally says politicians' names. <laughs> I feel like we should let the Little Mermaid song enter this round since you brought it up. <laughs> and I know that if you want me to sing a little, I know parts of it. <laughs> I don't have a period in my life where nine-year-old George goes back and forth in his Sony Walkman between that album and Little Mermaid, especially the Ursula song. Those were two of my favorite songs, the summer of 1990. That's the one I don't know very well. It's a weird connection in my head. I get it. I get where you were coming from. Judges, which song? That song I've really never heard of from Elton John? Or We Don't Start the Fire with a list of all the headlines from the last hundred years. Uh, Were those little headlines? <laughs> yeah. Little Mermaid. We vote Little Mermaid. <laughs> yeah. Wait, two votes for Little Mermaid? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, so technically that doesn't count. They just voted for another soundtrack, another movie. <laughs> it's, it's like very much so not political. <laughs> right. We both failed at this so round. Poor unfortunate souls. We are laughing. Very anti-Vietnam War. If you didn't see the undertones in that film, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Subliminal messaging all throughout. Y'all are so funny. Let's go to round three. Round three is a collaboration. What collaboration do you have with Elton John? He's got some really good ones. He does. I'm pretty sure I'm going to surprise you guys with this one. I went real obscure with this. Just because, why not? Um, also, because this song was literally released four days ago on June the 12th. So oh. Elton John released a song last week with a group by the name of Surfaces. This song may be new to many of us. <laughs> not only you all, myself, our audiences. It's a song called Learn to Fly. Also, just given everything that's going on right now, is a very relevant song and it was filmed and produced and recorded during quarantine. I present to you Learn to Fly by Surfaces and Elton John. Sometimes it gets difficult when everything's the same. Everything's the same. Toss and turn, push and pull, you don't know who to blame. blame. There is always something to hold on to in your life. Just keep that head up, don't you worry It will be alright All All the broken feet will put your hands up If you lift them up, you might just touch the sky Okay, that just happened (laughs) Yeah Good job There's some indifference, it seems, okay I mean, it's it's music So there's that and also, in 1985, Billy Joel was in the greatest collaboration of all time, the charity single produced by Quincy Jones, written by Lionel Richie and Michael Jackson, featuring Stevie Wonder, Ray Charles, Cindy Lauper, Dionne Warwick, Wheeling Nelson, Diana Ross, Bruce Springsteen, just to name a few. I, of course, <laughs> am talking about We Are the World. We are a part of God's great big family. And the truth, you know love is all we need. We are the children. We are the ones who make a brighter day. 
You can hear Billy Joel right there between Tina Turner and Michael Jackson. The song was a huge hit. It was quadruple platinum, three Grammys, raises over $60 million for humanitarian aid to Africa, and Elton John's not even there. Where was Elton? Mm. Too busy making sure he preserved himself to still record in 2020 during a quarantine. I said, you cannot cancel We Are the World. (laughs) I think it solved AIDS in Africa, right? All by itself. All alone solved everything. Yes. Or at least it, yep. all, all our problems now are new problems created after we solved all problems with We Are the World. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. Another hit like that. Mm. Another We Are no, the World. It'll never happen again. We just don't have big enough celebrities. True. So, judges, true. what do you say? That song that just came out the other day or the song that fixed <laughs> the world? The yeah, song that fixed the world for me, for sure. The other one just didn't move me at all. Yeah, definitely the one that solved a world health crisis issue, for sure. No, TJ! Yes! Yes. Okay, all right, so we got one for Elton, one for Billy Joel. All right, I'm back on this. Round four, the personal jam. Alice, what you got? What's your favorite Elton jam? This was fun because this song is a banger. It inspired a remastering or cover. Mary J. Blige has a song, I'm Just Marrying. Deep inside, I wish that you could see that I'm just plain no Mary. She sampled this song from Elton John that came out during the height of his career. I'm just going to present to you the song because it speaks for itself. I give you Elton John's Benny and the Jets. Oh, This is not my first favorite Billy Joel song, or my second, or my third, because we've already played those. This is my fourth favorite Billy Joel song, and I'm going for a deep cut slow jam here. I have drunkenly mourned relationships while belting out this song. I'm sure I'm not alone. It's from 1978. The song is Honesty. It's a big drunk breakup song before there was an Adele. Uh, Unfortunately, I am not drunk, and uh, the better song is Alexis. (laughs) Alexandria. Uh, That song threw me off. Benny and the Jets. (laughs) What about you, TJ? Yeah, Benny and the Jets. Yeah, I like to get down to Benny. Two girls and. Yeah. One for Billy Joel. I can tie it up here with the fifth round. Let's see how we do. This song is the legendary song. This round, we give the legendary song. Now, this song is how 
I was introduced at the young age of 10 to Mr. Elton John in the 90s. This was John's biggest Hot 100 hit. It debuted at number one on October the 11th, 1997, and it ruled the charge for 14 weeks. And unfortunately, this song has a, a sad background because it was a tribute to the lovely and incredible Princess Diana, but it's also just a beautiful song. I give you Candle in the Wind. And it seems to me Lived your life like a candle in the wind Never fading with the sunset when the rain set in And your footsteps will always fall here Along England's greenest hills Your candles burned out long before Your legend ever will this is one of those moments I wish we were showing the video to people. Sorrel is floating over the cat. You are mind-playing the piano. Everyone is swaying. I mean, that's just a great song. It is one of Elton's best, one of my favorites. I remember when he remade that for Princess Diana because I'm old as hell. But I thought you were going to play to the judges here, and I thought you were going to make TJ pick between a Billy Joel song and the Lion King song. I'm glad that you gave me some room here to possibly win this round. Billy Joel's legend is Piano Man. You're sick of hearing it. After that, I think there's one song that always remains one of his biggest hits. It's from 83. Billy Joel releases a song. It becomes a huge hit. It's on the Billboard charts for weeks on end. He wrote it about his supermodel girlfriend, Elle McPherson, and his supermodel wife, Christy Brinkley. And it's so much fun, it inspired the 2003 Britney Murphy, Dakota Fanny movie of the same name. I'm talking about Uptown Girl. TJ and Sorrel dancing. Who's got the bigger song, Elton or Billy Joel? Think about your emotions, people. What did you feel in your heart? Uptown Girl. An Uptown Girl. Which I'm going to try and watch tonight. Yeah. Such a good movie. It's a tie, but a tie against Elton John is a win, and I'll take it. (laughs) Fair. That was a lot of fun, Alex. That was a good throwback. I learned a lot today. I was introduced to catalogs outside of the basic stuff that's in every movie or whatever. You know, I hope I did the fans proud. This has been another episode of The Funniest People I Know. Thank you so much to our guest, Sorrel Sanders, for joining us. Sorrel, it has been awesome having you. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to schedule us a month in advance (laughs) to hang out with us for an hour. (laughs) Thank you. Make sure to catch Sorrel at Sorrel's Laugh. And keep an eye out for her secret web series in the very near future. We'll definitely be sharing information about it on social media. At Sorrel's Laugh on Instagram and at Sorrel Sanders, too, if you want to see some more nature things. We record for the Georgia Radio Reading Service. 
Thank you to our producer, Jane, who edits the show. If you enjoy the show, please rate, review, and subscribe. Share with a friend. Email us at funniestpeopleiknow at gmail.com or find us on Facebook and Instagram at funniestpeopleiknow. Have a hilarious week. Bye. 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 Bye.